the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Brothers and sisters, be successful. They want their marriage that is married wants their marriage to be successful. They want their marriage to be happy. They want there to be peace in their marriage, love in their marriage for forever and ever. You know, that's the sort of ideal way of what marriage is. People that want to get married have a sort of ideal way of who they want to marry, what this person is, what they sort of have in their mind as to, you know, who they want to spend the rest of their lives with. And this is, you know, something pretty human, you know, to want. This is pretty human to think about. And this only works when it's normal. This only works when everyone is sort of doing their parts and all the pieces of the puzzle come together sort of perfectly. This doesn't necessarily happen all the time. Why do I say this? It's because when we see hardships, for example, in marriages, when you know, young adults probably see hardships with getting married or sort of finding the perfect person they want to spend their lives with, it usually is because someone is not doing their part. For example, now we see in a marriage roles being confused you know, with what the husband is supposed to be doing versus what the wife is supposed to be doing versus, you know, what I should do as a husband, what I should do as a wife, so on and so forth. This all of a sudden is something very confusing. You know, you could see 30 years ago, the husband and the wife knew their roles. They knew what they were supposed to be doing. There wasn't this sort of conflict, this dilemma of what these roles should be. And the same thing goes with you know, finding the right person to get married to. We see the age of marriage, you know, increase as years go by. Exponentially increase, actually, if you're looking at it from 30, 40, 50 years ago. Now, why is that? It's because those roles are also sort of misconstrued. Because what's happening now is, for example, now we have men thinking that masculinity is something that, um, it's sort of in the way of life, in the sort of status quo, in the idea of, let's say, being self-made, being this highly successful person that, you know, when they walk into a room, everyone is starstruck from this person. Or sometimes, you know, on the woman's end, where now women think, you know, we have to now sort of play hard to get, right? We have to conform ourselves to this perfect image of what it means to be a woman that's ready to get married, something like that. And the reason why all of these things in this equation can be so problematic is because this is not the natural way of life. This is not something natural. As a matter of fact, this is really something that's artificial. And that's why it's not really working for this generation for rules to be confused in a marriage, or men and women to think they have to be a certain person in order to get married. Why am I mentioning all of this? Is because we obviously want to make sure, and we all hope every marriage is successful and loving, and filled with happiness, and people who want to get married find someone whom they could love for the rest of their lives and are compatible to and, you know, the rest of things that come into the properties of marriage. But this gospel today sort of sheds light 
on where our priorities should be. Because it's all speculation at the end of the day. When someone doesn't know their role in a marriage, when someone doesn't know what it means to, you know, find someone that is right for them, it all becomes speculation. But Jesus, he shows us where we should be in a marriage, where our minds should be if we're looking to get married, where our minds should be as, you know, we're anticipating these things. So there's this poor man, he's blind. He's going through a hard time. He's, he's blind since birth, as a matter of fact. You know, being blind since birth versus, you know, being blind later down on in someone's life, the, those are drastically different things. This man doesn't know the sense of much around him. He knows the things that are, you know, only exclusively in his mind. He doesn't know anything else. So this poor man is, wants healing. He goes to Jesus, and Jesus sees him, and as Jesus does in a lot of his miracles, this man will be granted this miracle. But what delays this process? Now you have the disciples saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? They're, they're asking this unnecessary question. What, what does it matter who sinned? You know, it, it was in the mind of uh, the sort of Old Testament uh, people of Judah that, you know, if someone had any deficiency, physically, mentally, whatever it was, it was because of a sin that happened in a generation or that's happening now, whatever it is. But look where their minds are. It's, it's something completely different. And Jesus answered, it was not that this, mind, this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be made manifest. He's basically telling them, it doesn't matter who sinned. He's showing them where their minds are and how far they are from understanding reality until he brings them down to reality, saying that the works of God might be made manifest. Brothers and sisters, we become like these disciples, looking and thinking about all the wrong things when we have this idea of what it means to be a good husband or a good wife or, uh, you know, someone who's preparing to get married or wanting to find, you know, someone to get married to, things like that. This becomes all subjective speculation when we think marriage is what we have in our minds instead of the works of God might be made manifest. Everything in our lives, God takes and shows his hand in every aspect of our lives. He shows what he can do in our lives. The reasons why marriages become successful and the way for marriages to become successful, the way for husbands and wives, wives to know their role in marriages is when their first priority is the works of God being made manifest within that marriage. Everything else is extra and anything else that comes before the works of God being made manifest is a sort of recipe for destruction. When we're looking for someone to get married to, when we're ready to give our lives to someone else, if our priority is not thinking about how the works of God could be made manifest in my life and in this person's life, we're thinking about all the wrong things. Everything else is extra. And we know this, especially with what happens to this blind man. 
and what the disciples really see in Jesus' works with his blind man. Their mind was somewhere else. Their priorities were somewhere else. They're speculating about all the wrong things until Jesus brings them closer. He shows them how there should be this balance in priorities. He makes it known to them that the works of God might be made manifest. And then he continues to this commitment, allow this man to be healed. He puts clay, wipes it on the man's eyes, then he gives him this commission. He doesn't get cured and healed right away. He then tells him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And that is when he gains his sight. He didn't gain his sight immediately after Jesus took the, you know, the spit with the dirt and put it on his eyes. He commissioned him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. For us to know our priorities, for us to know our roles in marriages, in our marriages, it doesn't come out of thin air. You're not going to wake up and all of a sudden know what you want in life. You're not all of a sudden going to go to sleep and wake up to know that you're going to have the best marriage in the world. You're not going to go to sleep and wake up and think, I know, you know what it means to, be, to get married now and I'm going to find the right person. It comes when we allow the works of God to be manifested in our lives. And with that comes works. That's why he told this blind man to go wash in the pool of Siloam. He wanted him to participate in the works of God and to sort of remind him that the manifestation of the works of God don't come out of thin air, don't come ex nihilo, out of nothing. They come from our participation and our willingness. Amen.